All right, everybody. Are you ready for a spectacular show? Introduce the original bad hombre, the amazing nerd, the hardest working Antifa boys on George Soros's payroll. With Pablo Morale Martinez and Ernesto Mancibo, only on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you, dear listeners, for tuning in, and thank you to Lando Laurel for that wonderful opening that we are still enjoying the fuck out of. Yeah. I have still yet to pay him anything for um, for doing that little job for us, but you know. Um you know what they say. Keep them waiting. <laughs> I'm I thought kidding. we were I'm kidding. I, I thought we were paying him an exposure. You know? <laughs> that's what That's what we tell all our guests. That's why we've only had three guests on this of this show. It's like two hundred it's about to be two hundred episodes and we're just like, We'll pay you an exposure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Welcome, every welcome, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. Yeah. It's, uh, the robots versus taxes hour. <laughs> I'm Pablo, and I'm Ernesto, and uh, and we're uh, we're gonna be uh, chatting it up about Army of the Dead today. That's right. And also other uh, topics we don't really know. We're we're gonna go off the cuff today. That's right. We're going right off the head, off the dome piece. <laughs> Nobody tells us to uh, come prepared or have a format. No, no, we just make it up as we go along. This is like we are kind of like the jazz of podcasts, you know, <laughs> it's what we say. It's what we don't say. It's the playing off of each other. Yes, exactly. It's what we it's what you, you're looking at, what we don't say. You know, and preparation, <laughs> that's for the letter H to figure out. <laughs> I think I'm so clever. Uh, so clever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, you want to tackle uh, Army of the Dead first? Uh, sure. Let's talk about Army of the Dead. Uh, yes. A.K.A. Army of the Cobbled Together. Um, movies. The, the movie it's basically aliens. I and I I'm not the only person to say that. I know that they're, they're like right now making the rounds on the internets, mm-hmm. on YouTube is the Red Letter Media. Um, they did a critique. There's a channel called Red Letter Media. They're awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. They did this critique, this breakdown of um, Army of the Dead, of which I have not yet seen. But I know uh, from the mentions online is that they basically say that it blatantly rips off of Alien. Aliens, the the sequel to Alien. Mm. And, I mean, I saw it right off the bat. I'm like, oh, my God, this is this is this is fucking (laughs) this is aliens. Mm. We're, we're, We're watching. But like less subtle, less like. Like, there's not so much filmmaking, you know, there's <laughs> there. It, it just reeks of Zack Snyder being like, oh, this looks cool. Oh, I did this shot because it looks so cool. 
and the whole movie is ugly to look at. It's hard, like it hurts my eyes. The mm. whole movie was shot in soft focus. Yeah. Oh. And it looks like ass. Like that. Like remember in the last scene of uh, Justice League where they're in the Mad Max uh, future. Yeah, where every and and Joker is is like, uh, who's gonna give you reach around Batman? Huh, huh, huh? You know, and then <laughs> behind him is just like ugly orange soft focus. I'm just like, why, why, why is this? This is garbage. You know, mm. Mm. it's uh, the whole movie. Look, it's a zombie film, right? And I know that we're supposed to lend the whole uh, suspension of disbelief while watching it but throughout the whole movie i was just like i'm watching a movie i couldn't i couldn't at any point lose myself within the story because i was, I was just like oh there's a movie on my screen you know it's it's there was some element missing i don't know if it's you know without being facetious like if it's quality if it's uh um i don't know competent writing it just seemed like, all right, we'll just slap a whole bunch of people together on screen. We'll throw some zombies in. Um, every once in a while, we'll drop in a kernel of something that's interesting, but then we'll completely dilute it with the next five scenes that follow it to just make you forget that there was any sort of uh, seed of substance in this film. Um, I'll be more specific. The point in the film when they arrive at the safe this is after the whole team is assembled and you know the, the, in case you haven't seen it folks and you have no plans to see it spoiler warning but here's like a quick uh rundown of the beginning uh there are some survivors uh from an outbreak in vegas they cordon off the whole city of vegas and a rich well-to-do individual uh, reaches out to one of those survivors and says, hey, you know, you're really good at uh, not dying. Why don't you go back into this cordon off section of Las Vegas and get my money? And uh, once you come back out with it, you'll get some, you know, and the guy's just like played by Dave Bautista. He's just like, fine, I don't like you, but I'll do it, you know. And uh, he assembles a team. It's basically uh, the whole uh, you know, we're getting we're getting together to do a uh, a heist kind of trope. You know, you son of a bitch. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that line. I was just like, you son of a bitch was the job. You know, <laughs> and uh, they get together and uh, they go in. Right. So anyway, uh, to the specific point I want to highlight, uh, there's that one point where they actually reach the safe where the money is and. It's uh, like everywhere else in Vegas, uh, both in this movie and in real life. There are just corpses littered around everywhere. And uh, they're commenting on it. And uh, one of the characters uh, played by, I'll pull his name, uh, Omar Hardwick. Uh, he has like this really philosophical moment, which kind of, I guess, is almost meta. Because uh, he's just like, those corpses, they, you know, they're us. You know, like, and the the way the scene was cut it was cutting to the living members of this team and then focusing on the corpses and they were eerily similar 
It's just like we're stuck in a cycle, man. We just, that, you know, we yeah. just do this over and over, man. <laughs> we're so busy trying to stop the heist from becoming, you know, I, I'm <laughs> doing little Dennis Hopper from Speed. Um, <laughs> but no, um, uh, like Omari Hardwick's whole like speech hints at a better movie. <laughs> like in 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 the new justice league the snyder cut justice league movie there are parts to that movie where i'm just like not bad okay mm-hmm. and i don't want to retreat it uh we, we we're ba- we basically beat that shit to death last episode <laughs> that horse is nothing but glue now yeah i know <laughs> that horse is like even even the parts of it are like why um <laughs> But, uh, you know, in that movie, there are really cool parts. There's the Flash part. There's Cyborg's whole thing. Um, in Batman versus Superman, there is the the fight be- with Batman in it. Like, when he takes on that whole room of thugs. Mm. Like, oh, that's, that's great. Mm. There's a better movie in there somewhere, you know? It, it, and and in this movie too, it's just like there's that movie. There's the movie that Omari Hardwick is describing, where it's like I would kill to see, um, kind of like a Groundhog Day esque version <laughs> of like these these like you get these toughs right, mm-hmm. and you know led by Dave Bautista, and it's like kind of like a, a, a like a Zack Snyder movie where it's just like they go in. Guns are blazing, you know, <laughs> muscles, like, you know, just fucking <laughs> men that are ripped and and uh, and ladies who are ladies, uh, tough <laughs> ladies who are ladies. Um, and uh, then all of a sudden it, uh, it it's, you know, it turns into like this weird like they're stuck in this time loop where over and over they try to get to this to, to this money in this safe. And they keep getting killed over and over and over again. Mm. And it's like, and with all, with all the same kind of characters, uh, with all the, the same kind of like crazy different hybrids of zombies coming after mm-hmm. them. I would like to see that. Uh, but that is not the movie that we got. We got a movie that starts off with a blowjob, uh, gone haywire, <laughs> and then ends with lip service towards towards a sequel that we might never see oh i hope we never see it i hope we never see it either apparently like they're trying to make a spin-off of the german guy the, remember the german guy i don't i don't remember anybody's names in this movie the safe cracker yeah the safe cracker oh. apparently there's going to be a spin-off about that about that guy uh there is also Oh, is is does he still have more story to tell? Is that is oh, that what's being so Zack Snyder has story to tell for days. Not a story that is compelling <laughs> or original in any kind of way, uh, because uh, I mean, th- this movie was Aliens. It right down to the to the character of Vasquez. Yes. Oh my God! I was like, where have I seen this character before? Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, they didn't have fucking what's her name. Um, now her name escapes me. You I know, know who, who you're talking, talking about. about. I know who you're <laughs> talking about. <laughs> she play basically plays Vasquez in every other movie. Yeah, <laughs> fucking. Um, 
from the Fast and Furious and the Avatar franchise. I yeah, I know I her exactly. Name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> name escapes me. Shit. I used to be so good with this shit, and now I'm not. Uh, anyways, getting old. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, right down to Vasquez, right down to the fighter pilot that, like, not the fighter pilot, the pilot uh, that no one trusts. Uh, played by Tignes Haro, who was replaced. I don't know if you know this. She replaced Chris D'Elia. Chris D'Elia uh, was a, well, uh, was and is, is a comedian, uh, is a quote-unquote comedian who um, turned out to be a, a, a pervert. You know, uh, he was sending, like, uh, messages through Snapchat to underage girls. And he was in this movie. He was supposed to be the helicopter pilot. And Holy they shit. digitally replaced him with Tignataro. Tignataro, who is the only, probably the only role in this whole movie where <laughs> I was just like, she's great. She's basically doing a Bill Murray impression, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> like, she, the way she plays her role as the helicopter pilot, nobody has real names in this movie. They, they all have the most generic names totally. in the whole thing. Um, <laughs> Uh, so her helicopter pilot role, she's basically playing it like it, it just reminded me of Bill Murray in Space Jam, where he's just like, <laughs> ah, you know, I, I had a few hours to kill. Might as well do this shit and, you know, cash my check, go home, you know, <laughs> you know, it's silly. I know it's silly. You know, it's it's great. Her she's like her and like the opening of this movie, the way this movie opens it kind of made me feel like this movie had some promise. The, like when the zombies are rampaging through Vegas. Yeah. Probably the best part of the movie. And then the rest of it happens. And I'm just like, whatever. Whatever. I just don't care. Hmm. And I just don't. I really don't give a shit. Anybody who says that they truly like think this movie is a great popcorn movie is fucking lying. Um, agreed. Agreed. I think this movie would have worked far better as a mid-tier first-person shooter. <laughs> That's the thing about Zack Snyder. He doesn't design. He doesn't make movies. He designs first-person shooter video games. Like this is basically like, oh, this is a cool way to spend an afternoon, just like playing playing Army of the Dead, <laughs> instead of fucking like watching it. And so it it's it feels like watching. Uh, a let's play, you know. <laughs> but oh, uh, at, at what point did the movie lose you? Oh God, uh, I I think it was during the conversation that they were having with um, uh, what's his name, the the evil guy. We see him. He first of all, he he's so much better than this movie um he's the one who basically commissioned the team uh to go in in the movie his name is his character's name is Bly Tanaka but uh, we know him as Hiroyuki Sanada Hiroyuki Sanada yes fucking scorpion yes the best part of Mortal Kombat <laughs> exactly and you totally forgot he was in that because that movie sucked too <laughs> We're waiting for like this epic story that, you know, takes us on this emotional uh, journey with him in Mortal Kombat. It's just like he's at the beginning, then he's at, he's at the end, 
and that's it, you know. And he says the line, and fuck, he cashed his check, went home. Um, <laughs> and seeing, <laughs> no, go ahead, go ahead. No, please, please, go ahead. I was like, in a world where (laughs) a man goes to hell to pay for his crimes. Isn't that such a compelling story? Don't you want to watch that movie? In a world where that doesn't happen. What happens is uh, you get stuck with a boring dude. And like uh, he loses for half the movie. And then at the end, he just decides to win. The end. Oh, jeez! <laughs> Scorpion and Sub Zero were the only good things in that. It should just—it should just have been. Bleh, pardon me. It should—it just should have been them fighting like throughout the ages or some shit. I don't know. But. Dude, I would have killed to have watched that movie. That mm. movie, just in you saying that, that movie, it would have been eight hundred times better than what we got. But totally, totally. You know, yeah, I dropped a few cameos of the other characters, but. It's them that we wanted to watch. I mean, they they were basically like the whole trailer, you know? <laughs> yeah. I had high hopes for, which is weird for of me to say, I had kind of high hopes for Army of the Dead. Hmm. Uh, you know, um, what's it called? Uh, Dawn of the Dead, his remake of the George Romero classic was... Yeah. Pretty good, aside from like the casual racism and the fascistic undertones. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a pretty good kind of like popcorn movie. I would describe that as a popcorn movie. Mm-hmm. This is not a popcorn movie. This is a movie that I walk angrily out of and feel like I wasted my time. <laughs> agreed, agreed. But yeah, after that part in the movie, that's that's when it lost me. I was just like, you know, this is. This is going to get very, very formulaic very quickly. Um, and uh, t- to touch again on what you've been saying in regards to their kernels of a better movie uh, in this film, uh, when they start to touch on the fact that there is a cast of zombie that has some level of higher brain function that can organize the other zombies, um, there's like the alpha zombie and his queen uh, within... Uh, this uh, cordoned off uh, section of Las Vegas, I was just like, oh, okay. They're they're suggesting like this new order, perhaps, you know, uh, a new society arising. It's just like, no, no, we just wanted to make him more scary. That's it. Sparta zombie, right? Because he's wearing like (laughs) underpants and a cape. That's right. (laughs) And a helmet. I was just like, oh, must we? Really, must we? Um And uh, look, I will say that that part, the the whole caste system idea of zombies is cool. It's an interesting idea. But this being Zack Snyder and uh, there's always like if there's if there are kernels of a good movie in there somewhere, there's also kernels of an even worse movie in there. Because let me tell you, dude, I've been I read up on Army of the Dead, and at one point he's considering. Do you know why they have uh they have hostages? Like, why for do zombies have hostages? <laughs> um, that's I, I mused to myself one you know afternoon, <laughs> and then I did some research. I did the Google, 
and the Google told me that they have hostages. <laughs> they have hostages because the zombie men rape women in order to have for there to be zombie offspring. Right? That face, lady listeners of all orientations. Uh, the face that Ernesto is making right now is one of utter disgust. Um, it is truly reprehensible. This 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 story um, element, you know? Why? I, I... <laughs> right, <laughs> dude. Zack Snyder has an unhealthy obsession with rape because remember when he was talking about Batman he was like my Batman might get ripped in prison and I'm just like fuck what? you dude yeah yeah did you not hear that 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 little sound bite where he's just like talking about like you know um my Batman is the is dark you know not many bat like uh Christopher Nolan's Batman is all fine and dandy but mine my Batman is the kind of Batman that might get raped in prison did you not know that? Did you not? No. Really? God, I hate him so much. I hate him so much. Why? Why? Just why? There's no reason. Just to just to be dark. Oh, come on, man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! Like like there isn't anything in the Batman lore and material that doesn't make him dark enough. Like if just just going into a film study of the court of owls storyline. Like you could, you could really explore some dark things without having to be a fucking edge Lord. Like, like Zach is, Oh God, my Batman would get raped in prison. You know, right. Awful, awful, man. Just, and, 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 and like the fact that he has such loyal bloodthirsty fans, Boggles my mind. Just boggles mm. my mind. Like really. Uh, anyways, you know, you you we all know the uh, the archetypes for those fans. Yes. Yes, we do. Uh, but uh, anyways, back to back to Army of the Dead. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I I thought for a little bit the zombie tiger was kind of like a fun idea, and and then it. It just turned into like boring, <laughs> boring dullness because the Burke character, remember Burke from Aliens, the guy yes. who basically like tries to like kill Ripley. There's a, an exact same moment that happens in this movie at, where the Burke character gets away and he get in the movie in the Aliens, the much superior Aliens, he gets eaten by <laughs> an alien. In this movie, the Burke character gets eaten by a tiger, and it's just it's ah, uh, it's, it's uh, so it's so cheap. It really is. It really is. I was like, they they spent a lot of money to make this look awful. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it, like his character in this is boring in army of the dead is boring yeah. but I, I really i really that's fuck the fucking thing about it is he's a good he's a good character actor and uh he is damn yeah but yeah they uh they totally um 
spent all that money on that tiger just to just doing that uh, cheap scene in that way. Don't get me wrong. He deserved it. Um, and uh, the way they kind of uh, let you see the aftermath for a, a second or two before they cut to the next scene, I was just like, oh, damn, he's really dead. <laughs> yeah. No, there's no there's no like ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's no subtlety to it. It's just like, nah, he's dead. Look at the tiger. It's gnawing his face off. Ah, ha, ha. <laughs> His inside, I get it. The inside of his skull looks like red spaghetti. Like it's so, whatever. I don't care. I just don't care. Oh, I don't care. <laughs> I think we may have run out of steam when it comes down to talking about this movie. Like, perhaps we should yeah, move right? on. <laughs> right? Yes. Let's please. Let's do it. Let's. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That's why you're the co-host, man. You're just you're, you just know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to something far better. Um, the okay. second the second season of Love, Death, and Robots. Yes. Um, listeners, um, of all ages, all orientations, you should know that I am a robot fetishist. <laughs> Jesus. I love robots. And I um I I'm uh a little attracted to robots. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if I fetish I know, you know, it's like people got kinks. I got a robot kink. And let me tell you, every season of this show scratches that robot kink so hard. Oh lord. <laughs> Hey, you know, be proud of your robosexuality. It's uh, it's you. 2021. You know, no need to be a. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, no, I know. No, nobody's kink shaming, so I'm I'm saying it loud and proud, baby. I'm like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> me and Johnny Five are gonna go cruising. You know. Oh Lord. Okay, so <laughs> with that intro. Um, the first episode of uh, season two, automated customer service, was uh, such a great lead-in into this. Uh, just commentary on the increased automization of uh, our lives and society, and how it could go haywire. And uh, I, I just love how they managed to give this square-ass vacuum cleaner uh, such a such a dark and menacing uh personality it's like it didn't say a word it was just beeps and boops and robotic arms and one glowing eye and i was just like oh i'm totally like feeling this character yeah it was in the hal 9000 vein you know you know you know we we were talking about how um uh, how army of the dead rips off aliens just blatantly rips off aliens Mm -hmm. like down to the down to the most minuscule parts um like fucking anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so all I'm just gonna say is James Cameron should sue. So yeah, so but I'm talking about like the homages in this in this show are like like tasteful. And I'm just like, oh cool, it's a Hal nine thousand reference, but it doesn't hit you over the head with it. Uh it uh I love that it goes on this very unique like even though it, it is square in its shape and it kinda like ha- looks like it 
It doesn't require a lot of imagination that goes into it. It does actually show how creative it falls out into mm-hmm. like this, this, um, this origami piece of death. <laughs> it's just like trying to kill this lady and her dog and her cute ass but annoying dog. Um, man, I I love that 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 whole that whole uh, little short was was pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I overall that this this whole series is I always thought that it ranged from like okay to genuinely interesting shorts. Mm. And this season has gotten better. It's scaled down because I think the first season was like 12 episodes, maybe a little more. Hmm. And now it's boiled down to eight. The second episode of season two, Ice with the two brothers, uh, one who's genetically modified. It was really it was really touching. And the animation style for that one was uh, freaking gorgeous. Like, I'm hoping that. I'm sure that several of these studios have also done work for uh, the classic Animatrix uh, compendium. Yes. Um, and when I was watching the work of this, one, I was just like, I could totally imagine a Matrix story being told in this style. Yes, I I totally agree with you there. Uh, it, it did feel like, especially like the... Um you know, you just you just called to mind my favorite one, my favorite uh, of the Animatrix shorts, the one with the uh, samurais, mm. where the, the, it looks like it takes place in like Edo period Japan. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, and I I was like this 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 feels a little bit like that, you know. Uh, I I. I was like, is it trying to say something about what is it trying to say? Like about um, like uh, the the modded actually the modded people. Like, is it trying to say something about class? Is it trying to say something? I was like, I, I couldn't really I wasn't getting what the what the short was trying to say. Maybe it wasn't trying to say anything. Maybe it's just trying mm. to tell a little story be- between two brothers. Hmm. I, I think that I think uh, the message probably got a little mishmashed uh, in the mix there, but I think ultimately is that value does not lie in the superficial things. Um, it matters in how people just relate to each other. I mean, you know, you had the younger brother who had the mods and seemed like, you know, he was a, a far more capable being, and in many ways he was, but he also saw that his brother has value like he he brought him along to this game that is usually only uh considered safe or i mean it didn't even look safe for the modded people but right that's the thing is like um one thing that one thing that always like uh keeps me like it's like hit or miss with me is future games right <laughs> i think i've <laughs> I feel like I've gone on record with how much I hate future games, like future football, future <laughs> roller skating, um, and and the like. And, and this was kind of in that realm where I was just like, oh, the object of the game is to run away from these, uh, these you know, gigantic whale things that could <laughs> kill you. And I was like, really, where's the fun in this? Really? Like, I don't see how this is fun. 
maybe in a, maybe since it's like on a remote outpost out in the middle of like Nebraska the planet but <laughs> hey and don't forget they had you know future slang as well oh that's right there's another thing that I hate I hate fucking future slang <laughs> that's one that's one thing that's one thing that makes getting through um the expanse so difficult uh, when they when they go to like the the belters and they have like their weird kind of new orleans but not quite the french quarter kind of accent you know i'm just like what's what's going on here why are they doing this you know yeah that that immediate it becomes distracting the mm. I'll, I'll tell you um i was just recently watching um young justice uh, uh, season two, I, I was, I think it was season two, where they introduced the young Flash character. He comes from the future, mm-hmm. and he's got his slang where he's like, "Everything is crash." Everything that, like that's the cool word for that. That's the that's the word for cool, right? Crash. <laughs> it's crash. I'm just like, no, it's not. Shut the fuck up. Just run <laughs> fast. <laughs> oh shit! Scram, Flash. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, that's. Uh... <laughs> but whatever. Uh, I thought I thought it was oh, I thought it was good. Uh, it's it's not one of my favorites. One of my favorites is like coming up a little later mm-hmm. and down the line. But ah, um, uh, oh, fuck it. It's the one where uh, the the dude goes around killing kids. <laughs> really? Does, yeah, it's the the one who was doing Bishop's job. That oh god Jesus Bishop from X Men. <laughs> I knew I knew Bishop was gonna make his way back into this show somehow. That's actually the third episode, and that's actually one of the episodes I like the least. Really? Just, yeah, just because I can't I can't deal with children suffering or being depicted in 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 those ways. Um, okay. The animation so that, makes, that just makes one of us. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, you're a monster. Wow. Yeah, I know, I am. Yeah. I'm <laughs> it's fine like, with it. <laughs> it's like robots? Yeah, children? Fuck them. Fuck them. <laughs> Jeez. But the animation style was beautiful. It was gorgeous. The texture, yes. the fluidity. Um, the 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 story was just... It, it was just too much. I was just like, ugh, really? They This is... This is how they deal with overpopulation. All right, fine. It, it it to me it was like really interesting because it was like it's a society of immortals who mm. basically dictate that since the world is overpopulated that it's like there's no need for you to have children. Stop having kids, and if you do have kids, we'll go out in their world. And it's a very fascistic, uh, dare I say, uh, neo neo republican kind of uh solution to this problem where it's just like you know let's build a wall let's let's put kids in cages no 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 let's you know overpopulation let's just kill the kids you know it's just it seems to follow that kind of linear way of like uh fascistic thinking so Mm. that's that's the one where i was just like wow this uh this is pretty like pretty intense and it's the one that i feel i feel like i I I was more brought into the world that it was describing. <clears throat> mm. 
Mm. Okay. So I know, okay. I know you don't, I know you don't, I know you're just like, you fucking monster. You like, you enjoy watching, you know, some Blade Runner kind of guy. <laughs> it is a subversion of Blade Runner, but instead of like, you know, killing replicants, he's like, fucking, gotta get those kids out of here. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was, it was so jarring too, because I, at the beginning where he was just like, you know, take the grownups away. I'll, I'll deal with the kids. And I thought, Oh, okay. He's gonna, you know, probably take him to an orphanage door closes. The kids looking up at him with those big saucer eyes and offers up, you know, his little dinosaur. He pulls out his gun and all you hear is a blast. I was just like, Oh shit, man. I thought he was going to go immediately when he pulled out his gun. I thought he was going to like do kind of like a Mr. Blonde from reservoir dogs and be like, you guys ever seen uh, Revenge of the Sith? You know? <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh. Fucking Revenge of the Sith. He was fucking killing younglings. He, the, whole, the whole short is about him killing younglings. Uh, well, I'm glad he's dead. Anyway, uh, <laughs> episode four, <laughs> Snow in the Desert. I got to say... Snow in the Desert. That I think that might be uh, my favorite episode of this season. Um, this uh, this random guy who's uh, going around just trying to live his life. He seems like he knows how to navigate this uh, post-apocalyptic world. Uh, but apparently he has some sort of bounty on his head. And when he gets into a si- sticky situation with some bounty hunters who have no skin and you can see all of their musculature, <laughs> which was, I thought, a very cool design. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Amazing. <laughs> this this little short, a Snow in the Desert, is also one of my favorites. And it also reminds me of, Did you have you ever in your life picked up a copy of Heavy Metal? Yes. The book. Mm-hmm. This reminded me so much of that, and I know, like, uh, apparently, like from from the get go, this was Love, Death, and Robots was actually supposed to be like heavy metal, the show. Mm. But I don't know what happened, some rights issues, and this and that, and then it turned into Love, Death, and Robots. Um, and this is the short that to me feels the most like heavy metal. Mm. It's like, you know, uh, takes place on some planet, some weirdo aliens. There's some robots in the background. There's some like crazy violence. There's like, you know, nudity, uh, a weird story involving genitals. In this case, (laughs) the dude's balls (laughs) produce immortality. (laughs) Oh, boy. I would have made for a excellent back of ball shot. Um, oh, jeez! Had, had they gone one further? <laughs> oh, two shows in a row. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's um, it's probably my. It's just my favorite one because they're the, the the aliens in this. I thought looked so cool. Yeah, I was just like they don't have any skin. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's what like their their design is so cool, <laughs> and, and the story does feel like it's taken out of like a a grindhouse kind of movie, 
Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I appreciated all of it. I thought it was really cool. I uh, told it. Please go ahead. And and the synthetic at, at the end when it's revealed that the girl at the end yeah. is synthetic and it's like, oh, that's cool. That's really cool. What they're trying to like say about immortality and like, you know, and like love within the cosmos, you know? Yeah, totally. It's pretty cool. And I just love the way that they um, animated everything in this episode so much so that uh, I developed a crush on the synthetic because. Uh, <laughs> oh, really? I was just so. Like, it's not wow. just me. She yes. was just she was just so beautiful. <laughs> I was just like, whoa! It, not, and it's not just the way she looked. It was like her personality. She she had this uh, very grounded and um, and strong personality, but there was also a soft humanity to her that yeah. you know it's like oh okay when when it was revealed she was a synthetic i was just like wow that's amazing i totally thought she was human you know so yeah i know right like the design of her like synthetic self is like really cool and sleek and it's just like gives you like the biggest hard on really <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, oh man but uh i was engorged to say the least <laughs> I feel so sorry for Sabrina. It's just, she's just <laughs> going about her business. She's like, what do you do? What do you watch? Oh, God. This shit again. <laughs> I'll just leave you alone. Be sure to clean up. Uh, episode five, The Tall Grass. Um, another episode in which I love the animation style. It was like, it was almost like carved wood that was then stained in very unique ways and then stop motion animation style you know yes um it was it was really really amazing it reminded me a little bit of the animation style in in the movie monster house i don't mm. know if you remember that movie or saw it. i do i do yeah uh, that was a pretty good movie um but uh in this yeah i i like i like the animation style the story i thought i was like i could take it or leave it uh, it was, I wasn't, it was generic, yeah. Yeah, it was very generic. It was like, guy goes out in the woods, sees some spooky lights. I was like, I've seen like a hundred uh, intros to the X-Files to know how this ends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That short was definitely, at best, the beginning of a much uh, broader story. Um, but, you know, it was pretty to look at for a little while. Um Going on to the next one, episode six, All Through the House. Uh, this was so delightfully funny. This take yes. on Santa Claus. Agreed. <laughs> I, I was laughing so hard um, as soon as they revealed the, the Santa creature. <laughs> yes. I was like, this is, this is great. And you know what's funny about it is like it's one of those uh, shorts where I'm surprised that you like this because I was just like, um, it's for one, it scares the the crap out of kids, and I know you're not into that that whole thing. Um, I I'm not into kids suffering, but these kids they were just scared, but they didn't do it in a way that uh, well, I mean, depends how you look at it. These children are definitely scarred for life, but they did it in a way that it's it's absurd as opposed to 
you know, oh, the, let's do it for suffering's sake, you know, because um, we were kind of in these kids' shoes, you know. It's just like the wonderment of Christmas. Oh, let's sneak downstairs and see if Santa's here. And they left out the milk and cookies and then suddenly tendrils and spit. Yes. <laughs> Um, this is the kind of thing where I was like, I, I kind of want to show my nieces and nephews <laughs> this kind of this this short. You should. They're old enough. Yeah, I know they 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 are old enough. Um, they're teens because, now, right? Yeah, no, they're 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 tweens. So tweens. Gotcha. Uh, they're twelve. They're twelve and eleven. Um, but uh, uh, you know, I I'm I'm always looking for like uh movies that I can show them that are kind of like the gateway. They're gateway movies into like the hard stuff, you know, where it's like, oh you know God. how Gre- you know how Gremlins <laughs> so fucked up. <laughs> I'm so fucked up, dude. Um, you know how Gremlins and Beetlejuice. <laughs> Did you have to say gateway? Like it's it's. <laughs> I just imagine this long dark hallway that you're gonna start walking them down. Like, come on, kids, I've got stuff to show you. <laughs> Like by the end, like my voice just starts distorting and like this horrible, like horrifying <laughs> monster voice. Okay, Uncle Pavel, if you if you say so. I have such sights to show you, you know. <laughs> I'm at the beginning of the hallway. Kids, don't go into the door marked in Korean. <laughs> I'm like, let's get this show on the road. And just <laughs> kicking that door. Um, old boy. No, it's uh, so you know how when you were a kid, you watched Gremlins like on TV and you were just like, wow, this is really cool. And that's like your first taste of horror movies. Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of like that same thing. It's got that same kind of tone to it where it's just like, ha fun. Oh, my God. Scary. <laughs> but but also there's like a, a, a certain sense of adventure to it. And I, I love this so much. And like the, that whole the payoff of like, what if we had been naughty? You know, <laughs> kind of really, really helps. I just I love I love that they were both sitting there after the creature had left and they're both clearly shattered inside. Like, yes, they're they're not their little bodies are not quite sure how to process it, but they're just like, we still have presents, though, so we might as well open them up. <laughs> and the little boy, you know, after all you hear, the sound design was great because you hear, you know, the crinkling of the paper. He looks at the box. It's a train set. And he's just like exactly what i wanted (laughs) (laughs) like such a thoughtful monster right um and the sound design of the monster he sniffs them and he's like good (laughs) (laughs) oh my god the design of the monster is amazing like it has hands like around its it's jaws it's so so cool and the fact that it's it's done in like delicious delicious stop motion animation i love stop motion animation man. yeah yeah totally um, just gives it like kind of like that nightmare before christmas feeling so yes. good yes very true very so, true um Uh-oh. the next one uh episode seven life hutch was fucking 
trippy. It's the one with Michael B. Jordan. That was intense. That was intense. Um, I, for one, I was just like, please don't kill Michael B. Jordan again. The whole time I'm like, <laughs> I've seen this dude die in like hundreds of thousands of things. Just let this dude live, man. <laughs> That's so true. That is so true. Hollywood's favorite favorite handsome guy to just kill in uh in almost everything that he's in. But um I don't know what about him gives him that Sean Bean energy where it's just like we gotta kill this guy. <laughs> <laughs> but the the way they animated this one, I wasn't sure if I was looking at at him in real life or a CGI double. I this this was Chef's Kiss brilliant work it it was it really took it went up to that line of uncanny valley and then just started jumping across it like huh what side are we on are we real are we fake are we real, are we is, real? It real? Just, is it real i'll never tell <laughs> i'm serious i was just like this is is this video like what is this um it was it was amazing and i and i love the whole um jumping between like his space battle and then the current situation that he was in with this malfunctioning uh, robot. Robot design. Got to talk about the robot design. It was fucking awesome. Yes. It looks like a fucking crazy looking robot dog. I loved it. I love it so much. Uh, with the green eye, with the green oscillating eye. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. Yeah. The, the space battle, too, was fucking cool. This reminded me of another short that happened in um, the the last season where um, I think it was called Lucky Number 13. It's about a, a woman that develops a bond with her ship. Mm -hmm. Like she's fighting in a future war and it looks so photorealistic. Oh, yes. The, yes. The detail. Um, I, I thought I thought that was a, another kind of like winner from that season. But in this one, it was it, it was equally as like. I thought I I was like holy shit, uh, this is live action and the robot is CGI, mm. but I'm now I'm pretty certain that the whole thing was CGI. I just couldn't tell. I'm just like, yo, is it gonna come to that point in movies where it's just like, you know, it's George Lucas's wet dream of just replacing actors with digital <laughs> actors. I think I think we're getting very close. I think definitely within our lifetime. Um, we're going to see a, a computer-generated movie that uh, will essentially just be indistinguishable from uh, real life. And of course, I'm completely looking forward to uh, to that being adapted to video games. I mean, right. you know, I if it because if there's anything that I want to come to the PS uh, nine uh, is a playable version of Pride and Prejudice. That's just my wish. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm unique like that, so. Oh, well, you know, dude, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm just like I'm looking forward to the PS10's version of Infinite Jest. Um, <laughs> I am the tennis player in that in that book. That that book that looks like you could kill uh, a human being with. Um it's so big. <laughs> that's what she said oh i gotta stop oh, what the fuck i'm just uh, 
Man, just all with the hacky jokes tonight. These robots, <laughs> these robots, they got you all saucy and everything. They do, <laughs> they do have me all saucy. Oh my god, you got me. And uh, now to the final episode of uh, this latest season, the drowned giant. Okay. Yes. This was uh, a very interesting story. Not, in my opinion, not as exciting as uh, any of the other episodes in the season, but. It was an interesting exploration on how humanity looks at uh, the consumables that we get from Earth and juxtaposing it on what if we were consuming things that looked like us but weren't quite us, you know? I mean, could you... uh, Just seeing a, a giant human body on a beach, you know, obviously... Uh, drawing some sort of parallel to like a beached whale and how we treat those situations and then seeing it gradually decay and then uh, taken apart and seeing the various pieces of that human all around town, like a giant bone above a bar or a skull, you know, leaning against the side of a, of a barn. I was just like, wow, this is, um, this kind of taps into there's a lesson here somewhere if i could if i if i could just put it that way yeah i i don't i don't i think i think it's um i don't know it, it's it's <laughs> about how i don't i don't know what it's about uh, i'd like to think it's ha- about how kind of like um things that kind of entertained us once like fade away into like the general like vernacular like say mm-hmm. star wars was huge right Right. And then it got like, you know, uh, and then it's been dissected so much that it's become like kind of ubiquitous and you find it everywhere, you know. Mm. Mm. So I, I don't know. I kind of took it that way. Um, I was I, I was like re- really kind of this was the one where I was just like, man, I really wish this was like a feature. You know, mm. this feels like it could it could have like. A, I don't know, like a feature length kind of feeling to it. Um, but yeah, it it was, uh, I, I love shit that plays to, with, with, uh, the concept of scale, like things that seem out of place. Yeah. Uh, like it, it seems mundane, but yet out of place. I, I went to, I, I forget what the artist's name was. Maybe I'll put it up on the, on our social media, but he did an art exhibition years ago where he, he sculpted photorealistic lifelike human like giant people ron mweck yes oh ron yeah mweck. he he that he he had brought that exhibition to the to the brooklyn museum years ago i i learned about it after that exhibition and i'm still kicking myself because i would have loved to see it in real life i saw it i saw it and it was fucking oh. amazing it, fucking it and it was awesome. kind of like yeah it was kind of like this it, it kind of remi- reminded me of that uh, where it's just like it's it's like these giant nude forms, mm. but they're just they're ginormous. They're just they just play with this sense of scale that is really cool. And uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed this one. Uh, I felt kind of really sad to see a, his dick end up as like a carnival display. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> or where would you have preferred if i was a, <laughs> if i was a giant that's probably what would happen 
I, the carnival barker would give like uh, ladies' night, you know. Oh, jeez. Ladies' night gets in free. <laughs> you can ride it once. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> like the last scene of fucking, what's it called? It's Dr. Strange Love. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. <laughs> but yeah, um, in regards to your uh, closing thoughts on uh, Love, Death, and Robots Season 2, um, what do you think and where do you hope it goes? Um, look, honestly, I just want to see more robots. <laughs> <laughs> that is the honest to God's truth. It's like... I crave more robots. I crave more robot designs. I want to see more robots. You know, as long as it has that, dude, I'm good. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, I. What about you? I would like to see. Uh, I'd like to j- just see more. Um, definitely stories that explore uh, how humanity is changed by. Uh, AI and robots and how we deal with it both in serious and quirky ways. I, I, it's so, it's so illuminating and it's, and I think it's closer than we think. So. Okay. All right. The singularity is near. It sure is. Yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's foreboding and nightmarish, but, uh, and that's how we're going to cap it. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy the rest of your Monday. <laughs> <laughs> so for both of us here. Oh, man. What a great show. Uh, I am Pablo Morali Martinez. And I'm Ernesto Mancibo. And together we are the Robots versus Taxes program. On Radio Free Brooklyn. While you're out there, you could try keeping it real. But you should try keeping it right. Song of the Week. Song of the Week.